All I do is I get in my car, maybe, with Steve, uh, and I go, we go around town mm -hmm. looking for people who are not wearing masks. Jealous of my life? That's it. <laughs> That's what I do. I've always wanted to do a podcast with different women who have different points of view. Or just like a show where I force people to talk about the view with me. Is the world flat? Yes. I'll call it Deja the View. I, I never thought about it, Whoopi. How is everyone? Miserable. <laughs> Kevin, are you miserable? Not me. <laughs> well, survey says over 50% of the people on this call are miserable. <laughs> Where is everyone recording from today? I'm, I am once again down at the motocross track. I'm recording from the newly reopened tattoo parlor. What? <laughs> I'm recording from home. When you what? said tattoo, like I'm so sheltered from society. When you said tattoo, I only thought of the Russian pop band. That's funny that you bring that up because I've been thinking a lot about tattoo recently. <laughs> I don't want to go off on a tangent, but um, you know the tattoo song, All the Things She Said? Never heard of it. <laughs> it was, wait, what's their first single? It was that. Oh, what's their second single? Not Gonna Get Us. Not Gonna Get Us. That's the one I'm thinking of. Um, I remember being shell-shocked as a kid when I saw the video for that, and it came with, like, a graphic warning because there's a huge climax in that video where they shoot a guy in the head who's trying to, mm -hmm. like, a prison guard who's trying to get them back or something. And I don't know if it's, like, a Mandela effect or something, but I have been looking for the video nonstop, and that version doesn't exist anymore on the internet. And... <laughs> And there's no information about that video. <laughs> but it, like, changed my life when I was a kid. So I know it's real, but I can't find anything about it. And also, that <laughs> happened a couple weeks ago. And now I'm listening to Tori Amos's audiobook of her memoir. And she told an anecdote about how she went to uh, play a show in Moscow. And she defied the Russian law against um, like homosexual propaganda mm -hmm. by performing a cover <laughs> of that song. But they're a Russian band. I know, that was the gag. <laughs> and so the, it just keeps coming up. So. Did you know that Misha Barton starred in a movie called Finding Tattoo? It has an alternate title, which I think is You and I. And it is about her. Uh, she is a Russian girl who works in a meat factory and meets someone on the internet in a tattoo fan club forum. And they meet at a concert and they get involved in the Russian mafia. You know, I don't think i could be wrong i don't think that's the first time you shared that <laughs> on the podcast <laughs> anyway um kevin where are you recording from today <laughs> i'm sitting on top of my kitchen counter mm. yeah that's so quirky mm -hmm. <laughs> 
I saw Sean last night, though. We were both on the planet Chromatica. We went <laughs> clubbing. That's so fun. Yeah, it was my first time actually getting into club quarantine. Mm-hmm. Because and the line so- is usually so long. And usually Stephanie they get- was there. Usually they give him one look and turn him away. <laughs> but they said, you know what? We're welcoming everyone at the LGBT community tonight. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird. It's funny because like the you the busiest possible night you'd think would be Lady Gaga, but that was the night that I managed to get. Couldn't get in for Tanache. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't get in for Diplo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I guess it's because things are um, reopening and maybe people don't need to go on Zoom and watch Lady Gaga pretend DJ. Yeah, it's definitely losing momentum. It was all it was weird, though, because like also because Lady Gaga seemed like like I thought I was watching a video of her. (laughs) Then it turned out to really be her. I saw the footage and it did look like. It was like a screensaver, but it was really her. Yeah, it was was, weird. It was very high quality. I love that. At one point, like, because I I got in towards the end and she was like, I have to go change my outfit or change my look. And then she went away. But then she never came back except her voice came back just to (laughs) say she was like, I have to go back to Chromatica or something like that. And then she like burst out laughing and then she never came back. Yeah, I I just saw that that today she posted some videos of her appearance Mm -hmm. and a whole, she had this whole second look of this pink outfit with like these branches coming off of it. And that never happened at Club (laughs) Quarantine. Yeah. Um, like her camera was off for that bit and all you heard was her voice. So suddenly I was putting the face to the voice, but yeah. that didn't happen at the club. This is revisionist history. <laughs> I was just dying because I've never seen her like break character like that. Like normally she's so like, if she were to say I'm going back to Chromatica, she'd be dead ass serious, but this she couldn't even get out without laughing. So it's like, <laughs> Okay, Stephanie. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't Lady Gaga that you saw last night. That was fully Stephanie. <laughs> what a treat. While we were recording on a beautiful Thursday evening together on the internet, even though there's still another episode of The View coming out tomorrow, we decided to just call it Time of <laughs> Death, Thursday, 8 p.m., I'm because sure nothing happens on Fridays. Yeah. Can I say something about Friday episodes? Um, because they're pre-recorded, it's actually really smoothly edited because they edit out all the delays and confusion. So it's actually quite <laughs> a nice show to watch. It's just that because they're pre-recorded, they're not interesting. <laughs> so <laughs> they're a better watching experience. So since we last talked, we talked about Barbara Fedita, who some people thought that they should correct how we pronounced her name, mm-hmm. which I would ask, why do you care? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry that I got the racist woman's name wrong. Well, we talked about Barbara Fedita, Fedata, Potato Patata, 
on our last app and how she was placed on leave and being investigated for inappropriate behavior and racist comments. And they ended up responding, like talking about it on The View. And they gave Sunny a chance to respond to what had been said about her. It's the type of racism that Black people deal with every single day. And it has to stop. And I look forward to the results of what I hear is going to be an independent external investigation. And I felt very loved and supported by my colleagues. Um, I felt supported by all of you. I know Megan and I had at least an hour conversation this weekend. Whoopi, you were so supportive. Joy, you were so supportive. My executive producers on the show were so supportive. Um, And I thank you all for that. But again, this has got to stop. I was happy that they addressed it. Obviously, it was pretty, like... Um, it was pretty powerful to like hear Sunny address it head on. But the story keeps on evolving because Sherry Shepard did an interview with Bevy Smith and she talked about Barbara. I think we had kind of talked about how Sherry Shepard had, she had made some comments on social media that she was banned from The View. She replied to someone's comment recently and said, She's not welcome there anymore. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of assumed that the reason was because she had like a exchange with Megan where she had said Megan needs to like. She said that Megan needs to lighten up. Um, I, you know, she just, (laughs) (laughs) she just has to evolve. She has to get used to sitting there uh, at that table. And I think she has to not take the whole Republican world on her shoulders. shoulders. It's too much right. to take that it's whole a lot world. To take on. Yeah, it's like you are not the Republican voice. I know. And so it makes you stressed, it makes you tense. And so right. I think, you know, being able to just lighten up a little. Mm-hmm. She said that on Watch What Happens Live. And then Megan responded. And then we hadn't seen Sherry on The View since. And that's why, that that's what I thought the reason was. But also the Daily Mail had an article that was about how Megan didn't want Anna Navarro hired full-time. And buried in that article was a statement that said that Sherry is not welcome back to The View because Megan doesn't want her back after that comment. So I don't think mm-hmm. it was like baseless. Yeah, like usually whatever's in the Daily Mail is... <laughs> 100%. We were, yeah, we were led astray once again <laughs> by the source inside the view. And not to derail too much of what you were about to point out, Kevin, but now that I'm hearing all of this, I'm wondering, I couldn't help but wonder if maybe Barbara Fedita had something to do with those stories to try to get the focus off of her. I don't know, but I love a conspiracy. <laughs> We love a conspiracy here. Um, So in this interview, Sherry says that she also had experienced racism from Barbara and that that is the reason that she's not been welcome on The View. ABC News has been put on blast. Barbara Fedita, um, who was in charge of diversity and inclusion, senior vice president of talent, editorial strategy, and business affairs has been put on administrative leave 
because she has been using derogatory and racist comments about on air host. Did you deal with this woman and did you feel like you faced any racism? Yes and yes. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's, uh, you, well, you notice I haven't been on the view for probably about three years. And there's a reason mm. for that, mm. um, that I haven't been out been welcomed at a place that I called home for a long time. And, um, Why is that? Is head of that. uh, wow. you know, I, I, I it's, it's so, I got to get it together with my, with, with Simone Beverly, to be honest, yeah. because mm-hmm. I have so many emotions about that, uh, a place that I call home that I'm no longer allowed to be at. Um, and so I have had, I have had personal dealings with Miss Fadita and, and strong feelings. And, you know, everybody gets karma is a bitch, ain't it? Mm-hmm. It really is. It is what I have. It really is, you know, you know, when you do wrong to people, it does come back and bite you in the butt. And yeah. her come up and says now. And it breaks my heart to hear Sherry say that because Sherry is my favorite view co-host besides Barbara Walters. And she shouldn't have to go on the talk because she's not welcome on the view. Like that's horrible. And if that if I now that Barbara Fedita is gone, if I don't see Sherry on the view over the next year, I'm gonna riot. Yeah, I'm gonna have a bitch fit. Um <laughs> if if Sherry's not back. And like you what you just said, it's so heartbreaking to think of of Sherry and Sunny and all of the other people who had horrible things said about them by their boss. It's like, oh my God, get a life, Fedita. Yeah, I think even Michael Strahan had kind of made a, a sort of vague comment about it recently, saying yeah. that he didn't feel like he could speak up about it. So, it's, and it's not just like this, this woman is probably taking the brunt of it and definitely seems like did shitty things but it's also about like the people that protected her absolutely i mean she's you you're not having a conversation with yourself when you're saying those things so there's all of the other people who enabled that and probably said very similar things at the end of the day they're all just working for the mouse Sherry did spend some time in this same interview talking about the other Barbara, Barbara Walters. And I think Bevy was just asking her about the Ladies Who Punch book, which I'm sure she just gets asked about that in like almost every interview she does. So she said she didn't read it, which we've heard her say before. But then she kind of started just talking about Barbara Walters in general and how Barbara mentored her. And I just wanted to share it because it's really touching for me, my filter of being on The View, it was the best eight years. It was the first three years I cried every day because mm-hmm. it was I was away from my hus- uh, child. I was going through a child custody battle, divorce. And I had was working with a woman that was very hard on me. Yeah. But I found my voice with Barbara Walters. I found my voice. And, w- w- you know, you can't tell me nothing. I know yeah. politics back and forth. I love talking politics. Yeah. I came on there not knowing nothing about nothing. Right. You know, and her telling me, you go outside just you'd being a good Christian girl. Read books. Yeah. And I did. 
So for me, it opened up doors for me. People know my name. I got to do Dancing with the Stars. I got to do so many things. And I thought Barbara Walters put two black women on a show. You never saw two black women before. So for me, I ain't got nothing negative to say about that woman because she was hard on me and the day she left when she retired I let go got let go Mm. she put her hand on my face and she said I'm the most proud of you because you grew you asked the questions you were um, curious you went to the plays you read the books and I've seen your evolution and I love you dear that's beautiful and she got in that elevator and it started to close and I was crying and she goes what are you crying for (laughs) I love it so a mentor to the end she was a mentor to the end to me. Yeah. yeah, it was a really beautiful moment. It's like what we always say about Sherry, how she had such a great trajectory on The View in terms of like how she evolved as a political commentator, having come in as a comedian who knew nothing about politics and wasn't sure what shape the earth was and <laughs> left the show as like an actually really interesting and critical voice of The View. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Celebrations are in order for Raven Simone. Oh my God! Yes, because that feels like it happened eight years ago. Because Happy Pride, she got married to her girlfriend that none of us knew existed. She. Posted like the most discreet thing ever. It was like a non-announcement. It was like I'm announcing this so that people don't think that I'm weird and kept this a complete secret. But <laughs> yeah, I got married. Yeah. And her, she's wearing these long braids that go all the way down to her knees, and they have a like rainbow colors in them. And there's just like this really pretty picture of her and her wife and they just look so nice and happy it's just like a very like nice gay moment for the gays Mm -hmm. that's his that's her story i like that she filtered it through an app that makes it like faux 3d that was a nice touch for me (laughs) it brought it brought us all closer to the experience yeah we couldn't be there because of quarantine but she made (laughs) us feel like we were there it was so nice and she i've never seen her look so happy in all of those photos so her wedding actually was held in debbie allen's backyard which is really funny because i didn't even know i mean of course they're close but i had no idea they were close but not only that debbie allen cooked (laughs) (laughs) yes she catered yeah and then raven told people that people mag that she they wore hype beast outfits i was just gonna say it's crazy that they're both dressed like me (laughs) in like the nicest clothes you own yeah (laughs) um i love the debbie allen thing for anyone taking notes, that's how you're. That's how to be a true ally. It says that their first dance was to Ninety Nine Problems. <laughs> <laughs> quote. This is a quote from Debbie Allen. She was trying to keep it simple, and I said, "Come on, you have to have something." She said, "Well, I just want oysters. She loves my oysters I make for her. I made her some lobster pasta and got her a triple berry cake from Sweet Lady Jane. You only get married once. It was a joy to do that for her. 
Like, that sounds like my ideal wedding. Like literally just Debbie out. Al- like <laughs> no one, no one's there. Just you and Debbie Allen and a and a nice lobster pasta. <laughs> Both in utility cargo pants. <laughs> what a beautiful thing to happen during this Pride Month. It was like the happiness that I needed to see. Did they congratulate her on The View? Yes. yes they did. They basically broke the news. Got some good news. Our friend Raven Simone just got married. It's kind of ah. wonderful. So congratulations, congratulations to you, Raven. Wonderful. Yeah, fabulous. <laughs> I think she's coming on the show in the next little while, too. I was surprised they acknowledged it on The View since we're not celebrating Pride this year. <laughs> <laughs> they did say, um, Whoopi said that Raven would be on the show soon. Oh, that's oh. good. They yeah. need some energy. Seriously. <laughs> Speaking of no energy... Our poor little baby, Abby Huntsman, has the coronavirus. I can't believe it. Even though it was like seemed inevitable with her dad having it and them all living in a big house, like full house. They're all living, they're all quarantined in the house, like the whole entire family. And John Huntsman has been getting regularly tested like as he's campaigning I would imagine he's like around a lot of people and he got back a false negative um so there's clearly like a real issue with the test so he mm-hmm. thought that he was good to go and was around the whole family Mary Kay bless her heart Abby uh other people in their family and thought that he didn't have it but then it turned out that he did have it and not only him, but Mary Kay, I believe, also got tested mm-hmm. false negative. And now she has it and Abby has it. So I believe Abby in this Instagram post that she put out, she referred to it as the COVID house. So she's mm-hmm. now the woman keeping the lights on at the COVID house. <laughs> hey, everyone. Just another quick update from what we're still calling the COVID house because it very much still is it's the weirdest virus i mean everyone in our house has has experienced it totally differently um the the best way that i can describe my experience is it feels like a giant snake is perfectly wrapped around your body and the snake decides when where and how it wants to squeeze you so one hour can be your head and you have the worst migraine of your life the next hour you feel totally fine and then the next hour after that it could be your chest and you're struggling to breathe or uh, your legs, where your lug muscles feel like you have never-ending Charlie horses. So it's it's very strange. Um, like I said, my mom has no taste or smell, so that's what she's experiencing. And just the fatigue. The fatigue is more extreme than any of us have ever felt. Even after having twins, I've, I've never been tired like I have with this virus. Yeah, I've been a little concerned about Abby for a while now because it seemed like she wasn't really um, acting like there was a pandemic going on. Just in, I guess, because she's campaigning for her dad. So it was just like her, all of her tweets were about that. And then there was this post she did like a month, about a month ago where she was with Liddy and she was like, girls night out. (laughs) 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 Going out for takeout with my uncle. And it was like, okay, so maybe they're all living in the same house together. But that's bizarre because these all. They all they're all families and stuff. So <laughs> lo and behold, now the full house is 
the COVID house. She she hashtagged it the COVID house. The house that COVID built. And she said that she went for a drive with her husband (laughs) and kids and they got a flat tire and they just started laughing. (laughs) In life, you just have to laugh. But like, what? Yeah. So we did have a moment of of levity yesterday on Father's Day. My husband and I said, let's just get in the car with kids and don't worry, we're all exposed or have it. So we're all in the same car together. But we said, let's just go down the hill and get some fresh air. And so we got in the car and halfway down, um, flat tire. So in that moment, you know what? You just laugh. We looked at each other and we thought, this is just on top of COVID, everything else. Like, this is just life right now. And instead of just being frustrated with everything, we have to find uh, laughter. We have to find the beauty. We have to find the joys of life because in all of this, I think we better appreciate um, those moments where you can just laugh. Just think that if you're positive for COVID, like stay home. Anyways, I hope the Huntsman family gets through this and they just keep on laughing. (laughs) Another view update that I wanted to share is a listener sent this to me and it was Monet Exchange on her podcast with Bob the Drag Queen, Sibling Rivalry. She was talking shit about guests. Not Megan. Please, not Megan. <laughs> that is what you do. You are you are the Republican Party of this podcast. Monet, you just but her emailed me, and I can't believe you, you just are did that. the lying Republican Party of this podcast, bitch. All I'm saying is, I have a couple of fans here saying I was nice and lovely, and you were a mean, nasty bitch. Um, All I'm saying is that you're Republican. So moving on. So well, when we well, travel, I, I think we know which one of us. <laughs> I think we know which one of us is a Republican. <laughs> Which, by the way, I think we. <laughs> what? No, now I, she's mad at you. She probably. I don't give a fuck. Um, but you said she unfollowed you. She did unfollow me on Twitter. What did you do? What did you do? Was it when y'all were like uh, splitting the bill over lunch? Y'all got to a fight? <laughs> no, I think when that whole thing with with her and Whoopi happened. By the way, we're t- to the any fans who doesn't know, we're talking about Megan McCain. Yeah, when the whole thing with her and Whoopi happened, when 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 Whoopi was like, "Girl, please stop talking." When that whole thing happened, I commented, I was like, yes, Whoopi, work. I fucking live. I just probably got mad at that. Who? I honestly really don't give a fuck. Well, I'm sorry for your loss. <laughs> fuck that bitch. Anyway. What happened to this relationship? Like, holy cow. Holy I think cow. I, <laughs> I think I know what happened. I think that the Twitter outrage towards Monet about her several appearances with Megan on the view um just like got to come to it yeah yeah Yeah. I don't know I just think like Nina West like so she got the exact same backlash from gays being like we don't like Megan yeah and Nina West was just like that's fine like you know Megan says what she says I was invited on the view we had a nice interview I came back like knocked that's it like and then just like moved on but I just think like I feel like what really pushed people over the edge was when they made her an honorary rue girl on her birthday (laughs) yeah I think that is what did it people were mad had they just invited them on the show and asked them to perform which is what drag queens do like they don't just they're not just like 
Barbie dolls. So they invited them on the show, didn't ask them to perform. Uh, so they obviously came up with this weird little thing where they gave her the RuPaul statue and said, you're an honorary Ru girl. And I think that's probably what pissed people off. Um, had they just performed, people probably would have been like, yeah, go get that view platform. Like, <laughs> but it put them in this position of having to like defend, uh, like, because it, yeah, because it looked like they were co-signing everything Megan's ever done. Which is kind of silly, but that's how the internet goes. But I also feel like it's kind of tacky of Monet, like, to keep bringing up Megan. Like, she brings her up a lot. I they have know. unfinished business, as yeah. they say. There's something about this relationship that I just can't get enough of. Like, <laughs> like what's next? Yeah, it's not over. It's not over, and so far it's only been one-sided, so it remains to be seen. <laughs> yeah, well, she uh, Megan unfollowed Bonet. <laughs> I could say it's completely one-sided. And when we posted a screenshot of Monet dragging Megan, Megan sent back a sad face. So there you have it, exclusive. So... Let's talk about highlights from The View over the last couple of weeks. Personal highlight for me was seeing Laverne Cox there Mm -hmm. on the day of the Supreme Court ruling on LGBTQ workers. And so she got to talk about that. And she also got to talk about her doc disclosure. I highly recommend. I loved it. Yeah. We were watching it at the same time by accident. We're really syncing up, Sean and I, these days. <laughs> yeah, we synced up our Netflix. <laughs> it's um, just, it does such a good job of like telling people, showing like why people feel the way that they feel about trans people, like how entertainment and media has taught people to feel a certain way about trans people. It just does a really good job. And it does a really good job, I thought, of handling things that you feel really strongly about so like movies you watched as a kid that you love but in hindsight are problematic and like how Mm -hmm. to reconcile that without having to cancel the movie but just like understanding how that's contributed to a negative perception of trans people um i thought it did a really good job of handling that I thought that what Laverne said on The View, I haven't seen the documentary yet because I haven't watched anything, Um, but what Laverne said about how 80% of Americans said that they don't even know a trans person, and so the majority of people are getting their information from the media, and and when you think about it, the majority of it is not good representation. So... That, I was like, whoa. (laughs) Like, that makes, that puts everything into perspective. It is one of the aha moments, as she said. So imagine how powerful it would be to see a trans person hosting a daytime talk show. Mm -hmm. Mm. They also had a slew of guests that I did not want. They had on a cop. (laughs) (laughs) It's getting weird. To explain why he, a police officer, doesn't support defunding the police. (laughs) We all make choices, but that was a choice. (laughs) 
<laughs> like, you thank know, you. Thank you for your service, The View. Yeah, yeah that, thank you for clarifying your position on that. So informative and eye-opening. Kevin texted me that day to say, the cop keeps saying willy-nilly. <laughs> <laughs> Which, to be fair, he did. <laughs> he did! They also had on John Bolton, who, for them, like, I guess that was a big get, because they had an ex- exclusive with John Bolton. But first they had on Martha Raditz to talk about her interview with John Bolton. Then later on, they had John Bolton come on <laughs> for, like, almost a full episode. And I didn't watch it, really. But what I thought was so funny was Virginia's intro to the interview it's like listening to a horror movie (laughs) and it's a daytime exclusive former national security advisor john bolton is live on the view he's taking you inside his book's bombshell claims that he was a first-hand witness to what he says was the president's misconduct ineptitude and failure to lead Responding to the White House claiming he could face jail time for releasing classified information. Answering critics wondering why he's blasting Trump in a book instead of testifying before Congress. And why even though he thinks Trump's presidency puts America in danger, he still won't vote for Joe Biden. Hot Topics start live right now. Well, hello and welcome to The View. <laughs> what the fuck it's like jaws <laughs> i know yeah the music was crazy and she definitely seemed to drop her voice like an octave it's literally yeah. like as though it's as though virginia is like looking for a new job and she wanted to get something darker for her demo reel she was yes. like i just want to try something so that i can have something a little less Light-hearted. She's like, I'm thinking of going into movie trailers. All I could like <laughs> hear in my head as this is going on was like the us theme music that's like do 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 because it really <laughs> was like a horror movie. Yeah. Let's get this party started. Start, 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 start. The view is live. live. With Whoopi. Whoopi. I just um, hate the apocalypse. Like, I'm so sick of living <laughs> in the apocalypse. It's just it, like, why are we, like, why are we being so dark? I'm really, really tired of these long form interviews. And this John Bolton one felt like they were promoting it as if it was like a blockbuster interview. But this book is not landing how they think it's landing. And we, I feel like we've had this interview like 10 times with every single person who leaves the administration and writes a book. And they're not making any waves because we already know that Trump is fucked. 
So like it's not news yeah. and they're just like mm-hmm. wasting another hour on these morons who worked for Trump writing a book I, as if they're the good guy. Yeah, I feel kind of like Star Jones. I'm just like the show's moving in a different direction. <laughs> yeah. So with that being said, let's talk about some hot topics. So the first hot topic that I wanted to get into is from friend of the pod, Evan Ross Katz. Hello, my friends at Deja the View. Um, I, I wanna, I'm hoping you guys will address um, Megan's sort of disposition. That's like one of my favorite words. Her demeanor today um, on the show, because I feel like she keeps conflating protesters and people that want to attend a rally and not understanding that protesters are taking to the streets because they are be- they are demanding to be heard. There is a message that needs to get out there and they are doing it in the most flashy way possible to draw attention. It is a purposeful act, that of protesting. Attending a rally is unnecessary. It is just sort of um, a function of politics that does not necessarily affect the vote. It is a calling together of one's base to drum up attention, not towards a cause, but towards a person. And so I just feel like I wish so much that she could understand this difference. And she really uh, got angry today on the show. Anyway, hope you'll cover. Hope you're all well. So he's talking about the Tulsa Trump rally because Trump restarted his campaign rallies. Mm -hmm. So the first time they were talking about it, they were just kind of talking about like, how how is he planning on doing this? Why is he doing this? And how people are going to have to sign waivers to say that they're it's not his fault if they get COVID while at this rally. That's like the craziest part to me is the waiver thing because you're admitting that the probability of you of someone getting it is so high that you have to make them sign a waiver saying they won't blame you. <laughs> In the words of Sonny Hostin, it's despicable. I, I just think it's, it's right. you know, it's, um, he's a menace to, it's to citizens. Yeah. It's, it's despicable. So- <laughs> yeah. Well, Sonny brings up how Pence, which, by the way, Pence's wife is named Karen. She's the original Karen. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so she t- she brings up how Pence and Trump are spreading misinformation about the the level of risk involved, and Megan decides to draw the comparison between the Black Lives Matter protests that are taking place and they're still taking place and these rallies, kind of saying it seems like the media feels like if you're on the right side of politics, it's okay to go out and protest and be in large crowds. But if you're going to a Trump rally and you're on the wrong side of what the media, the media's mm-hmm. politics, then you're wrong. I don't think anyone should be in giant rallies right now because we've been told by medical experts it's not safe. But the message from the media is, as long as you are protesting something or going to a rally that is of the right politics, you can do it. And we're going to ignore the spread of COVID. So going to a Trump rally is somehow much more dangerous than going to a rally in Brooklyn over the weekend. 
I'm removing politics from this because I haven't protested anything and I'm not planning on, or protested in person, and I'm not planning on going to the Trump rally, obviously. But we have to be consistent on this. And what we're seeing is a lot of anger festering up. When you're seeing people who are now taking it into their own hands and going and opening up playgrounds in Brooklyn because de Blasio won't let them, but at the same time, hundreds of thousands of people can go protest in Brooklyn. The messaging is very confusing for people. And we can laugh all we want on here, but I am, this is the most angry I've seen a lot of people I know in the center and on the right because the messaging is very confusing. Is COVID a pandemic that we all have to stay sheltering in place and inside, or is it not? Or is it only a pandemic if you are a conservative and you're a Trump supporter and then you have to stay inside and you're a hypocrite if you sign this waiver and you go into his rally, but you're not a hypocrite if you go protest someplace else? It's very confusing. And the other thing that Megan is willing to turn a blind eye to is like the difference in the fact that one is indoor, one is outdoor. One is the people who are going are known to be very anti-mask. They are the people who were also protesting against masks and against and wanting protesting shutdowns. so they could get haircuts. Exactly. It's like even if just take if if you were to take coronavirus out of it completely, one group is fighting for their lives. Yeah. And the other group it's just is fighting to continue to be racist and to continue to have guns and to continue to, to talk about groping women. Like, come on. It's hard to believe that she believes that. I think that a lot of it has to do with just her whole uh, frustration towards the coronavirus and the quarantine. She obviously is quite frustrated for personal reasons, not being able to go get a crib, um, not being able to go out to the store. She's said that multiple times. And then also the other personal aspect where she's talked about her friend who lost in-laws who were in nursing homes in New York who died from coronavirus. So I think that, again, with other things that we've seen in the past, her personal um, ties to things and her personal experience is making it so that she is finding it difficult to see things from other people's perspectives. Anyways, the rally happened, and then it turned out that only 6,200 people actually showed up, mm-hmm. which Whoopi, it was very funny, like, Whoopi, we got to see her, like, live reaction to that, because she thought that it was 62,000, <laughs> and then someone corrected her and was like, no, like, it's literally only 6,200 people showed up. 62,000 people showed up. Why do you think people weren't there? Do you think they were concerned about being in a confined space? What do you what do you think, Sonny? I don't think that they wanted to risk their lives to see Donald Trump, the magician, in person. I don't know. I have to make a correction. I said 62,000. Um, and what, it, what is what am I, what is it? It's 6,200. Six yeah. around I'm, about I'm what sorry. would go to like a mid level eighties band was the audience he got. Like a mid level <laughs> yeah. white snake. I mean, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean I'm 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 knocked out by that. I mean, but I, my goodness. So in another thing they have been talking about is um how a lot of Confederate uh monuments and other offensive statues have been getting taken down and in particular, they discussed the American Museum of Natural History and how they said that they're going to remove a statue of Teddy Roosevelt. And it, it's him on horseback, and there's a black man and a Native American man standing bes- like behind him. And so they were talking about that getting removed. Yeah, and of course, like 
Megan is so she just like jumps to the the farthest extreme that she can find. Well, we're gonna have to rename New York City and Yale, and isn't that like that's not even possible? Um, but the whole point is that these things can be changed, and like maybe the conversation about renaming New York City doesn't have to happen right now. Like, let's focus on the statue at hand. (laughs) And, like, just because you have a painting of Teddy Roosevelt in your house doesn't mean that we can't have a conversation about his place in history or whether he needs to be flanked by a slave and a Native American in a statue in front of the Natural History Museum. Like, let's yeah. take it piece by piece here. Megan, you think this goes, these, <laughs> the monument removal is going too far? I was actually interested to hear where everyone stood. And I do think, obviously, we have very different perspectives on this. And I just don't understand the emphasis on people like George Washington when Yale, who is named after Elinhu Yale, was a famous not only slave owner but slave trader, quoted the extraordinary slave trader by the Wall Street Journal. New York City is named after James Duke of York, who founded and ran a slave trade monopoly that, quote, shipped more African-Americans to the Americas than any other institution in the Atlantic slave trade. So by this logic, New York City needs to be renamed, and so does Yale, among all the other histories we can go back. This is, we're talking about 250 years of history that is incredibly problematic, incredibly dark, and we have learned from it. In my home, in uh, here, and yeah, yes? No, no, go ahead. Uh, Are we done? I don't, I don't know, I don't understand. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, man. I don't don't remember what I was gonna say, it's okay. You were saying in your home. I I, I don't know how much time we have and I have a lot to say, so why don't we take a break and come back? We'll be right back. What Sonny said was like, I don't know how you could argue against what Sonny said. She was like, it costs $40 million for these statues. What about instead of um, making new ones, why don't we use that money to educate people because a lot of these um, misconceptions about who these historical people were, a lot of it comes from lack of education or them rewriting the history and not saying what the actual true history was. I I was reading that they were thinking of taking down George Washington. The George Washington, besides being a founding father and a great general and somebody who was so instrumental in this union that we have in this republic, also freed his slaves. So if you're going to take somebody down, take Mm. down Thomas Jefferson, who didn't, who didn't free his slaves. No, Sonny disagrees. Well, well, see, that's the thing. You know, we we spent uh, like $40 million on these statues. Um, I think that you should spend the money on education because I think that's really what the problem here is. What we have been taught, what you were taught, uh, Joy, what I was taught, what Whoopi was taught, probably what Megan was taught um, in our schools was revisionist history. We weren't taught the real history. We were were taught that, you know, George Washington freed his slaves. He wrote that in his will, but he didn't free his slaves. He actually spent the last year of his life 
uh, like relentlessly pursuing slaves that tried to um, run away. He was a horrible slave owner. He owned hundreds of slaves uh, at his death. They were not released. Oh, I and you know, we learned he had wooden okay. teeth. Yeah, we, we learned he had wooden teeth. He didn't have wooden teeth. He had in his mouth the teeth of, of his slaves that he had pulled and, and made fake oh. dentures, right? Uh, consisting of the teeth of his slaves who he tortured. And so why should there be a monument to George Washington? Because he was a terrible slave owner while he was a founding father. Um, we were, we, this type of history was hidden from people. And I only learned about it when I took African-American history when I went to college. I, I, I learned the same history you learned, Joy. And so I think rather than put up these monuments to these men who may have been you know, our founding fathers, right. they, they certainly were, were flawed right. men to, to my ancestors. Right. And so I, I, I think that Man, we I, should I, spend I, that money they, on educating people. I just think, like, imagine giving a fuck about a statue. <laughs> like, I, it's the same as, like, Gone with the Wind. Like, I, like, I don't think about it. <laughs> but as soon as Queen Latifah is, like, that movie is offensive. I'm like, okay, by all means, get rid of it. Like, yeah. And that's how I feel about these stupid statues. It's like people are saying that they are painful and represent something bad. So why on earth would you defend them? And I feel like it for Megan, it must just come from she's just like part of like this certain type of American that just sees America as like the greatest most like the best thing ever and she's just been raised like in politics around like Republicans and other people that just have like such a reverence for America and for uh, the presidents and American history the way that it's been taught to them and what we're realizing more and more and more is like the, our education in itself is racist and yeah it's like of course that's going to be a really difficult thing for someone like Megan who has a Teddy Roosevelt painting in her home to yeah come to terms with like that's going to be so difficult for her to to even think about unlearning because it's like it's how she was raised and Sunny has to like even correct Joy who usually like is very knowledgeable in this subject. So it yeah. can, it's like not just Megan, but it's just kind of like, it's the way that we were all educated. Many institutions, many statues throughout history we can go through that are problematic, that are going to be insulting, that are from a time from up to 250 years ago, if not longer, that represent things we don't like. I think the question I have is, how far does this go? Are we talking about removing Mount Rushmore if we don't like our founding fathers? Are we talking about removing Robin Williams' character from Night at the Museum, the children's movie that he portrays Teddy Roosevelt? These are <laughs> no, questions I no, think many people are no. asking. It, it does, Whoopi, it does. And this is a very serious issue no, no, for a lot of people because no, it, I, 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 I was going to finish speaking, but it's okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Mount Rushmore thing drove me crazy because Megan's using it again as like, in her mind, an extreme example of how far the left is going to go. Like, we're going to be debating destroying Mount Rushmore next. Like, meanwhile... 
the debate about Mount Rushmore has been going on since its construction because mm-hmm. Mount Rushmore was constructed on sacred Sioux lands. Yeah. Like Lakota Sioux lands. That's been talked about since the beginning. Its sculptor was a suspected white supremacist. Like the controversy of Mount Rushmore is a real thing that has existed for over a hundred years. So like, don't bring up Mount Rushmore as like an extreme left, like Antifa thing that's going to crop up because you've just been not paying attention. Yeah. She's like, what's next Mount Rushmore. And it's like, yeah, literally please. Hopefully. Yeah. (laughs) Yesterday blow it up. (laughs) Give Sunny a stick of dynamite and send her out there (laughs) (laughs) on assignment. Carve Sunny Joy and Whoopi's face. Oh my god. And maybe Paula Ferris. <laughs> oh my god. In any case, Joy, go ahead. I forgot what I was going to say. It's okay. Can, can, can I, 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 can I, I add something? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh. Oh, sorry. One last hot topic before we call it. Wow, this was real vague, but it made me laugh. It, it was, why are Americans so miserable? And all we were told is that an apparent new poll found that even before the pandemic, people are really miserable. And then Whoopi, one at a time, asked each of the hosts, are you miserable? Apparently, people are really miserable. So I'm, I'm asking the magic question. Are you miserable, Megan? <laughs> no. Sonny. I ask you, are you miserable? <laughs> I'm not. Are you miserable? <laughs> I think that the poll must have been framed in a more nuanced way to get the result that it got. Because I can't imagine that anybody or most people aren't coming forward and saying, I define myself as a miserable person. <laughs> I really liked what Joy had to say, which was that being happy is overrated. How about how about you, Joy? Are you miserable? That's very sweet. Am I miserable? You know, I think happiness is overrated yes, generally. But I think that uh, happiness right now is kind of a luxury when everybody's out. And I was thinking to myself, when have I been more miserable than I am now? And uh, when I was very ill and I had a near-death experience, that was bad. When I ran right. out of, a, when right. I was fired and I had no money coming in, and when I got divorced, right. those are the times. And so, what do right. we have right now? We have people who are unemployed; they have no money coming in. They don't have health insurance, right. like Megan says. Yeah. That's why people are unhappy. But right. I would like to be able to go to a grocery store and not get a disease that's going to kill me. That would yeah. make me happy. Right. Yeah, that may never be possible yeah. just in life. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. I can't find this poll. <laughs> Do you think that it was an office poll and then they just <laughs> and then they just reframed it as America so as not to cause uh, drama? Yeah, because she literally was just like a poll. It was the, um, it was the staff engagement survey. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I did was- find. <laughs> I that, did. This, that would add up. <laughs> it was ABC's staff survey. <laughs> I did find this article from 2000 that was about, sorry, that was about happiness rankings from 2016 to 2018 by country. And it said Finland was the happiest. Canada was the ninth happiest. The UK was the 15th happiest. And the US was 19th. 
<laughs> I did find another article that maybe is what this was referring to about how Americans are the unhappiest they've been in the last 50 years, apparently. But, like, yeah, that checks out. Would I say that I am the most unhappy I've been in the last 50 years? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> is happiness overrated? <laughs> I do think it's a little overrated. I'm with Joy on that one. I think there's other emotions that are uh, more valuable than happiness that aren't necessarily misery or depression. Well, like what? Like and, I, let's, and let's, um, discl- disclaimer, he is a Capricorn, so <laughs> <laughs> let's hear it. Uh, like, I think that you could be fired up about something. I think you could be passionate about something, but it doesn't have to necessarily bring you happiness. It could bring you a sense of fulfillment, um, but putting your energy towards something useful. Because to me, happy suggests sort of a, a, a blissfully a blissful ignorance. Do you know what I mean? Where I think that you could actually derive joy and satisfaction out of uh, other things like MDMA, <laughs> like MDMA, mushrooms, speed. whatever. Woo. Whoa, I said speed. Speaking of it's, speed, <laughs> did someone say speed? Marie runs um, her engine. <laughs> I all I'll say about the topic is that it's happened more than once that I've got um, an ad on my web browser for a hoodie that says, I don't need therapy. I just need to go to New Brunswick. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Marie, stop. As you can see, (laughs) when when night falls, (laughs) things really take off around here. It is Pride. Has everyone checked out um, Celine Dion's Pride playlist that came out today? <laughs> I was telling Sean right before the, the podcast, I haven't even had the time to glance at it. So you're going to have to fill me in. Oh, my God. It's so Celine. Like This every... girl is on fire. <laughs> it's like, it's literally all the songs that... Celine is constantly just singing out loud mm, like okay. all, like all and they're all like lame <laughs> not all but like they're just like those songs that you always hear Celine just like singing is there queen on it yes okay yeah I know I, I know exactly what you're talking about now I think generally it's not bad but the fact that Uptown Funk is on it is no. truly egregious <laughs> Yeah, that is on there. But that makes sense because you know how she loves to always go like, you know. So it makes yeah. sense to me. I get why she. I get why she likes it, but yeah. somebody should have told her that's not pride. That's homophobic, actually. <laughs> Sexy back is on it. Sexy no, back. Celine, what are you doing? Sexual healing. Uh, it's like. Did sh- Ziggy did- is on it. Ziggy is on okay, it. Okay, okay. That makes sense. Ziggy, 
I was about to ask, did whoever make made this for her, did they like misinterpret pride as just like songs to do sex to? Saline is pride. <laughs> Here's a good one. <laughs> That's, That's good. on there. I actually love that song. I like that, yeah. Like, that's so sweet. Yeah, classic. Yeah, that's classic. I. Oh, yeah. I feel like I for sure have heard Celine singing We Are Family. Yes, backstage, absolutely. That Those all make sense. The ones Share. that don't make sense are just, like, the straight white guys and then Uptown Funk. It's like, that's just a radio song. <laughs> happy pride from Celine what I wouldn't give to be a fly on the wall when Celine shows her boys Bohemian Rhapsody (laughs) the movie they've they've seen it probably by now oh they've seen it (laughs) well it was lovely to connect with you guys Mm, it's good to connect it feels so good to connect not physically but emotionally emotionally (laughs) (laughs) I hope everyone is staying safe I hope everyone is continuing to support Black Lives Matter I hope everyone's emailing their city councilors about defunding the police see the links in the episode description for places you can donate and make sure you're following us on social media at deja the view pod anything you'd like to say sean yeah if you see abby in a car broken down (laughs) don't help So have a great day, everyone, and take a little time to enjoy. Night at the museum. (laughs) Hit it, Abby. That's all, folks. See you later. John Huntsman, the real job creator. P.O.P. Join the hunt. P.O.P. I like the view. You do? Yes. You're my best view. Me. We're bringing Huntsman back.